0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 26 of the In Between Sets podcast with me, Sam Brown. This episode, as with all episodes, are brought to you by Practice Movement and Recovery. PracticeMovement.com, your place for all your remote coaching, programming, and training needs. Uh, Head over to PracticeMovement.com, check out all the services I have over there. It's my own personal business. It's where I uh, run all of my remote coaching as well as any sort of coaching I do in person at my own gym, practice movement gym, which is super, super cool. So strange to actually say that out loud. Uh, It's still, it's still very new to me, but it's really, really cool. And, And if you can support that, please do. The other sponsor for the podcast is First Attachment Nutrition. Justin Harris and the team over there at First Attachment have created a supplement and nutrition company that truly just give a shit about the people that use their products they want to create products that work they want to create products that will help you reach your your best potential whether it's bodybuilding powerlifting whatever it may be and uh they they just care they really do any sort of savings that they get in the production side of their supplements they pass along to the end consumer so it's not like they're making more money on their end they're actually trying to save everybody as much money as possible with their supplements while still keeping the formulations as high quality as possible. So, Justin and the team over there do a fantastic job. Give them a follow. And if you want to buy some of their uh, supplements, use the code PRACTICE at checkout to save you 10%. So, this episode of the In Between Sets podcast, I got to sit down with Naomi Shepard. If you are not familiar with Naomi Shepard, she is an elite level powerlifter, she's a strength coach, she holds an all time world record in wraps at 148 pounds. She is an absolute powerhouse. Elite FTS coach, fellow teammate, and a coach at thethibarmy.com through Christian Thibodeau. And I can't tell you how much I love this woman. She is amazing. I love her. I love her husband, Tom. I love their wiener dogs. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, But I got uh, lucky enough to be able to be training partners with her over the winter uh, over at Elite FTS. And we've had such amazing conversations, and we wanted to have one of those amazing conversations with you. A lot of the times when talking to Naomi, you don't realize how just impressive she is when it comes to dealing with hardship. You'll hear uh, a lot of instances of issues that have come up for Naomi and things that she's she's dealt with in her professional and competitive career that she has never really shared anywhere else. And I applaud her for her open openness, her honesty, and her vulnerability to share these stories with you as a learning point or as a teaching point for those who are potentially struggling, who may struggle, or have ever dealt with hardship in their lives. So it's really the basis of what the episode is about today. And I think it's one of the best ones that we've been able to record here. So if you have uh, any questions, comments, concerns, please shoot me a message either on Instagram, uh, YouTube, wherever you are listening to this. I will. I really want to hear what you guys uh, want to see coming up next in future episodes, who you want me to talk to, all of that. So, Man, I, I am so excited about this episode. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Episode 26 of the In Between Sets podcast with Naomi Shepard. See, got a nice little countdown there, right? (laughs) Naomi, holy cow, we meet again.
1: (laughs) Hello, this is not our first time, it's not our first rodeo.
0: Really do the thing? Did it really just pause there for a second? Yeah. Every time I press the record button, like it just stops. <laughs> like I don't know. It's okay. I love technology. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I made a. I'm sure I made a <laughs> dumb face. No, it's. I am so excited to chat with you. It's been far too long. We. It seemed like we were talking and training together all the time, and now yeah. like you're gone, I'm gone. Things are everywhere, and I just miss the hell out of you. How are you?
1: No, I'm good, and it's good to see you again. Obviously, like the last few months has gone quick, um, but yeah, we did. We were seeing a lot of each other while we were both out at the FTS over the winter, which was cool. Loved it yeah. when you were coming to visit, like getting to train together. But yeah, it's good to catch up.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, the last time we trained together, it was over the winter. What was it? It was is that February. December, February, December, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. and February. Yeah. And for those who will never get the opportunity to train with you. You are an absolute like ray of sunshine in the gym, right? Like everything, like even on your, like the hardest sets you do, like you, you pop out of your set and then you're still smiling, happy. You bring the dogs. Like I, it was such an absolute pleasure to train with you and Tom. So first and foremost, just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, what I wanted to do today is a lot of the times you see in, you know, podcasts about powerlifting, About the success, about the wins, about the positive, but that's not powerlifting, right? I don't, and I, and I use myself as an example. I don't. I think I've had my first good meet ever this year, right? Like there was always something went wrong, right? Yeah, something went wrong. Equipment didn't fit. This that like there just seems to be things that happen, you know? And, and I think that that doesn't get spoken enough. And we talked about having a a time to kind of sit down and talk about hardships and powerlifting and just competitive sport in general is again, it's, it's something that needs to get talked about more because it's normal. Not having a good day is normal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think like people almost like, I think when you get to a point where you actually have a bit of success and people pay attention to you, like for me, like that was probably the ghost class last year. Like, people Mm -hmm. were like oh who is this who is this woman like um but obviously like I've been training for a long time before that so it's even just from that point of view like there's always I think that like the best example is those photos you see where you see someone at like the peak of the mountain and everybody's like ah but what you don't (laughs) see is like everything that came before that and I think like anyone that's achieved anything has had to work hard for it right and it's never Mm -hmm. straightforward um but yeah, it's just, you know, it's not something that spoke about a lot. And I think even if you set yourself like a simple goal, even just in powerlifting, say you're like a newcomers, like you always want to say to them, like, it's not, you're not every workout is going to be great. Like, you know, if I, I, if I look at like, even just a prep, I might have like four amazing workouts out of like mm-hmm. countless, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah and that's even if it's just going well and you've not actually gotten setback at the time. Right. So just from a normal circumstance, things are tough, but then like, obviously the further in you go, the harder you push, you're going to have like actual setbacks to deal with. So
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that's worth noting too, is a lot of the times you'll see top level powerlifters like yourself is like the training that you do is like, even in, you know, relation to the best, athletes in the world, you made a great point in saying like, you only had a couple of really good sessions, right? And that's, that's so hard to go in day in, day out, do the training you need to do. And just realizing you're, and you're not the only person who's told me that my time at elite, I've talked to countless like high level lifters and they, everybody kind of says the same thing. You get a handful of good workouts during the course of a prep during the course of, you know, and it's this up and down.
1: Like even just from the workout point of view, like I spend most of the year in off season. So it's only like when you actually go to peak, you're like going to find out if everything I did worked now. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? Like you can have great workouts, but then it's like, is it actually adding to like, I know I've, I'm progressing because that movement is getting better and i'm stronger on this variation and but like is it gonna actually make a difference to the main three like i'm only gonna find that out when i peak so you've always got this like trust process as well throughout the year that like you know i think the further in you go like the more of an off season is becomes different like i don't train squat bench and deadlift competition style until i'm peaking for competition so you won't actually see me doing those lifts very often at all, you know, and I might compete like once or twice a year. So that's like maybe 12 weeks of the year that I'm actually doing those movements. So. It's, and that's, it's a- wild. It's wild
0: yeah. to see too, right? Like in any other sport take you know, baseball, basketball, it's like, you're, you're getting better at the sport by playing the sport powerlifting yeah. is if you, the more you do the competition lifts, like the worse the you get. You <laughs> yeah, right.
1: yeah.
0: So there is that trust process that you keep, that you mentioned a few times. And that in and of itself is so hard to just mm. give yourself up to that process of like, I know I'm doing the right thing. I think kind of, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's always this like <laughs> mentality. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is why I think it's really important to have someone kind of watching over what you're doing. Like, I'm lucky that I've always had Tom in my corner and he is Mm -hmm. like an amazing coach. So, like, I know that he's always got my best interests for, like, being the best lifter. I mean, obviously, like, we're married, so he gets to see literally everything I do, which could be a good and also a bad (laughs) thing, right? Um, Yeah. Like, I'm pretty dedicated, so it's mostly good. But, yeah, like, it's, you know, I think. You know if I was doing it myself like making those decisions about what I was doing would be more difficult Mm -hmm. so I definitely think that like having someone kind of guide you who's got like an outside perspective of how it's going and but even if say you were like just you know you had an online coach and they're not with you all the time like you can even get that from your peers and your training partners like it's good to kind of check in with people and like how am I doing because we are always going to like judge it a little bit different I think so
0: Sure. And, yeah, and you bring up like a good point reminder, with that.
1: Like, Hey, like you're having a bad session. You're like, I hate this, blah, blah, blah. one of your training yeah. partners is like, <laughs> like, dude, like you weren't doing this kind of weight last, like last off season. Like it's like nice to have little reminders from your training partners. Like actually you're doing, you're doing better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's a, that's a good point to kind of bring up too, because with this podcast, I always want to bring like actionable steps. Right. So yeah. If you're going through a tough time in your training, if you're going through a tough time in a prep, lean into those training partners that you have, which I always tell people like you need to have training partners, whether it's like a couple times a week, whether it doesn't have to be every session, but you need to be able to check in with people that are really in your corner. Luckily enough for me, I had you, I had Tom, I had, hell, I got Travis, I even got broken at him, yeah. right like he was he was always always putting <laughs> his opinion was, into things <laughs> yeah and
1: it was always always helpful obviously um, absolutely yeah and i think it's not just having them but it's having the right ones yeah like i've definitely now, had people i've trained with in the past where i'm like i'm not training you to again it's like you don't yeah. need to tell me that the weight i'm about to put on my back could kill me because that's not really <laughs> gonna help right like i don't need that energy i need the positive energy and i think uh-huh. like you said you've got to be around people that like kind of match that like i'm really positive and like upbeat when i train but like when i'm doing my lifting like i switch on i'm serious right like yeah i'm not messing around when i'm actually like lifting weight but In between of that, I'm having a good time. I'm doing something I love. So like you also want to be enjoying yourself and having people that push you. So it's find the right people, have the right people in your corner.
0: Absolutely. And and regardless of what you compete in, because when we were elite, it's like we had raw lifters, we had geared lifters, we had just washed up meatheads, right? Right. Like we had everybody. Bodybuilders, yep.
1: part bodybuilder, part powerlifter. But really, yeah.
0: Ask him what week it is. Yeah, whatever week it was. I, I was asked how many weeks until he was going to compete in powerlifting again. He was always telling me like yeah. three hundred weeks I until mean, powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> weeks. yeah,
1: I mean, even though like I love powerlifting, like we would sometimes train together, and then I'd be like, "Don't forget your goal. Like you're not a powerlifter. You're doing this for bodybuilding." Like yep. you know. So even though we're not doing the same thing, we still got each other's backs. Like in you know.
0: Absolutely. And and it was great to, you know, have you guys in my corner as well as like, like you were never like a a geared lifter by any means, but like, if I did something, you were like, wow, that was really good. Or like, wow, that looked like shit. It was like, always very much like (laughs) honest, Honest. honest, like super honest. And I, and it was always great to be able to lean because you can't see yourself. It's like, you only have the sensations in your own body that you are aware of. And like, if you were to come up to me and say, Hey, your foot was wiggling during that squat. I'd be like, done. Okay, cool. I'm going to focus. I never yeah. questioned it. Like I would never like, fu- I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was my foot. Yeah. I know what my yeah. foot was doing. Right. <laughs> but it's, it was almost refreshing to be able to just have that third party input that I just trusted. Like I, I trusted yeah. everybody in that room. And that, that makes a hard training session that's not going well better. Right. It, yeah. it gets the, it, it, turns it into something productive as opposed to if i was training by myself or with people that i didn't trust i would just be like well now i'm going to sell all my gear that's what i'm going to do right now <laughs> i'm going to get out of i'm going to get out of this
1: that's it i'm done i'm out I'm no done. you're right i think having people that are actually going to be honest with you and not just be a yes man is really important and i think you know that's something like i really enjoyed about coming out to elite because um like we have you know we've got training partners here and they're really great um You know, and I've actually been quite lucky in the last, like, you know, the most recent years, I've got people that will be honest with me and tell me, like, that's not low enough or, like, you know, this could have been better. But, like, in the past, I was struggled with people just not not actually telling me and just being like, yeah, that was great. And then you look back later and you're like, oh, my goodness, that was terrible. Why did no one tell me? (laughs) So I think, yeah, like, the more success you have, it's almost like people think that you can't do wrong, but, like, I'm just like everybody else. I make mistakes yeah. the same way as everybody else does. Um, Absolutely, I think that's the thing. Like, even with you know, like seeing Dave, like obviously, he's like someone that has been around in the fitness industry for so long. He's helped so for many. like three hundred years. It's incredible, <laughs> you know, right? That's like, what... <laughs> him and then when you meet him in person, you kind of like, oh, pitch me. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, it was nice to see people being you know honest with him as well. Because mm. like, I think in most environments, people be like would be too afraid to almost say like yeah. Dave, that was terrible. Or mm. put some more weight on the bar. Or like this one time he was wearing these shoes that like literally were like slipping on the floor and I was like, What the fuck? Hello it was like <laughs> oh, sorry. um like Oh was, please, like, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. And like, seriously, like you need to get some new shoes. <laughs> like what?
0: And he was on Amazon five minutes later buying another pair. Like <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> But Yeah. So I think that's super valuable. I think that's, yeah. Like I know we're kind of just like going with the flow, but I did write some ideas down of things I wanted to to touch up on just because, you know, like I think success is like got loads of different pillars and loads of different parts to it. And actually like, Mm -hmm. this is one of the important ones is just, you end up like the, you know, that quote, you end up like the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. So if you are training with people that are not, helping push you in the right direction and that's something you need to address like immediately. And I think Mm. it's hard actually. It's probably one of the things that I've found the most difficult is finding those right people. You know, it's took me a few years. You know, I'm luckily around some good people now, especially coming out to elite as well has been like really cool. Um but yeah, like being around people that are gonna be honest, have your back, you know, push you in the right direction. Actually encourage want you to be better and mm-hmm. i think that's probably one of the most difficult things
0: well it, it, i'm i'm thinking about that the five people you surround yourself with the most and I, even just the top three that i surround myself with the most is like dave old man tom travis and adam like <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, cool. I'm bald. My shoulder hurts. And now I have a slight nicotine habit. So like, that's pretty much what I'm. What <laughs> You're basically <laughs> <a fun laughs> of them. All. That's it. That's great. Like, this is really good. No, but it's true, right? Like I've learned so much from the people around me. Like I've always been that way. I've always been kind of absorb like the energy and the knowledge from other people and help it kind of guide and direct where you go. And, and it, it's, it's paramount in success in anything. Right. Yeah. And it, and I think that it's it's so cool to see your story and like where you guys have been and like for you guys to come in and have different knowledge from different perspective. And and like it 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 just adds so much to the room that everybody gets better. And that's how, you know, a good team is a good team is because like the added people that come in, bring those new perspectives, bring those new ideas and bring that same level of energy that really just pushes everybody along. You yeah, know, and sure. and it's and especially like to kind of bring it back to like hardships is like we don't let somebody have a bad day without letting them have a good day out of it, right? Like yeah. you got to take something away from a bad day. Yeah, yeah, we. It's like I remember vividly. I was having one of the worst squat days of my life. It was awful. My no, no, my none of my gear fit. I thought I was gonna pass out, and. <laughs> All old old man Tom just came up to me. He's like, you'll be all right. And like, I was like, you know what? I will be all right, old man Tom. That's great. I'm glad that you're still around and you're 250 years old. That's so good. (laughs) Thanks Tom. Um, Yeah. But like what others, I guess, what are the other sort of tools that you've used in the past? Like when things start getting kind of shitty is like, what do you kind of lean back on in terms of, to kind of help carry you along during those times?
1: Okay so like i think probably the core of everything is just like wh- like remind myself why i do it. Right? So like no matter what you're set out to do, like whatever goal you have, you know, whatever competitions you've got up, like why are you doing it? Your reasons got to be really valid for you. And if that not if you're not clear of that reason, then you've got nothing to fall back on. Right? So like i just you know if i'm ever struggling i just remind myself why and then i kind of reel myself in and go what am i doing right now that is getting me mm-hmm. to what i want to you want to know why and you also want to be very clear with yourself about what you want to achieve right? right so when things get tough you can go okay like i'm struggling am i doing everything in my power to get myself to where i want to be right so and then the other part of that is yes like you have struggles and setbacks you know i've had a few and i'm usually pretty honest with how i talk about them like it's tough because you know like there's not a lot of people really you know instagram is kind of a bit more famous for like a highlight reel right i think people yeah. are getting a little bit more honest now like i've always posted my training regardless of whether it's good bad or you know when i take the criticism and i'm okay I'm okay with that. That's took me a while. We can touch on that later. Oh, play. You and me both. I, that was my life
0: for a long time. I did nothing it right had, ever. Bro, it's
1: actually even like as soon as I start doing videos for Elite FPS, it's way worse on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I, I told you my worst <laughs> comment, right? I told you my worst comment. Someone just goes, Oh, yeah. I just don't like, like this guy. I just don't like this guy. I was like, Holy shit.
1: All right. Yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna please everybody um no yeah so like understand why you're doing it be really clear with yourself about what you want to achieve so like I write everything down Mm. I'm one of those people I'm very visual so I like have to have stuff written down I don't put it on my fridge I used to like if I've got a competition coming up sometimes I write up you know what I want to achieve and I put it there because it's like a reminder right cuz every day is different and you're not going to have a good day every day so sometimes you need the reminder of why you're doing it what you're doing it for just to keep yourself going keep yourself accountable and keep yourself consistent mm-hmm. yeah so then when you have struggles you can kind of you know think about like am i doing everything that i actually can to get there and some things are just completely out of your control but what yeah. are you doing to kind of work around it work with it like whatever that situation's going to be so and like anytime i've had something that i've struggled with i've always learned something from it afterwards like and i think actually going through difficult stuff has made me mentally stronger because Mm -hmm. you know more resilient in the long term um i think if you really talk to anyone that's achieved big stuff they've probably gone through some sort of hardship you know Uh, oh yeah and i think it's not the achievement that's what makes you feel good about it it's what you did to get there so you know you see people like always saying like make sure you enjoy the process blah 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 like that's that saying's kind of actually got some like meat to it like you mm-hmm. you enjoying the process means your achievement comes from the fact that you've had to work hard for it so when you get that goal you know or you reach the summit of whatever you've set out to achieve it isn't actually getting to it it's what you had to do before that Right, but like everybody else on yeah. the outside sees, like the achievement, and like wow, that achievement's so great. But you feel the satisfaction because of what you've had to do to get there, and that includes mm-hmm. whether you had to work around things or you know whatever setbacks they may be. I mean, I can talk about personal ones I've had myself. If sure, you want to go there, but
0: yeah, absolutely, I, I, and I think it, that's again is is a good sort of uh, topic to kind of bring up is. Is especially in powerlifting, right? Like, talk to any of the best powerlifters in the world. Be like, okay, what would you do to get five pounds more in your squat? Everybody would be like, anything. Like, I would do, yeah, I would do anything. just about anything to get there, yeah. right? So, but even when you get there, it's like, okay, what about the next five? What
1: yeah, about the next I, five? I, right? I like, it's, it, like you're, a,
0: it,
1: it's almost like there's always more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's always more because I think you like. The, I sometimes I think like oh, there's definitely you know I could have done a bit more sure like and i know that i work hard but like as the years have gone on like i might have sacrificed a little bit more i might do something Mm -hmm. a little bit you know more intense or like i'm pushing myself even harder like as the years have gone on like i've realized there's always more that you can do yeah it's like how much is your achievement worth it (laughs) you know i mean you could even go into like How much you love training versus, like, is your training actually getting you to where you want to be? So, like, I love being in the gym. I love Mm -hmm. training. But I know now that, like, I can't train as much as I used to when I'm lifting heavier because I physically can't recover from it. So, yeah, like, my last couple of meat preps, I've literally trained, like, every fourth or fifth day. Like, it's not very often. So... It's like, are you, is, the, is your style of training like matched to what you actually want to achieve? Or is it because you want to, you like, like doing it that way,
0: you know? Right. No, and that's, that's a good point too, because it you've taken, it's taken you years to figure out what's worked for you,
1: yeah. you know, and, and, and what you can kind of recover like, from. What I was doing at the beginning, like I mostly obviously wasn't lifting as heavy. So I used to train squat, bench, deadlift three times a week or, you know, mm-hmm. like, you can't, I couldn't look, I couldn't look you know, my past self couldn't look at what I'm doing now and go, that's what I need to do. Like, sure. That's what I'm doing now. What I need to do at the beginning is totally different. So it just depends on where you are in your own journey. And I think that's important. Like, you know, you can always touch on like looking at what other people do in, are doing and like getting inspiration from them, but like not copying what they're doing because that's specific to that person. And they're at a completely different point in their journey to you. So like, you've got to figure out what's going to work for you right now, not, oh, what's that person doing? I'm going to try that, you
0: know? Yeah. It, and I think that's so easy to do with social media. Like you just have direct access to everybody's training day, it seems like. And, and yeah. if you start kind of comparing what you're doing with one of, some of the, you know, best in the world, you're going to be sadly mistaken because like, for example, if I was like, ah, oh, what am I going to train today? Let me check what Dan Bell's doing. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, no, like, what am I doing? To- No, like I can't, like, and Dan Bell, anything that he did wouldn't, you know, match to, he needs very specific things too, right? And it really just, you need to have really good conversations with yourself and really understand, you know, objectively where you are, where you want to be and, you know, hopefully have some people in your corner that'll help you get there or a coach or something to kind of start directing you on that path. But ultimately you need to learn. You know how your body responds to things. What you know your schedule is like. I, I don't know how many conversations I've had with lifters who are like, "Yeah, I'm training six days a week." Blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, "Oh, cool." Like, what else do you do? Oh, I I work. I have a family. I have. It's like, how can you? This is all like very short lived. You're gonna burn out. Something's gonna break, and you're yeah. just not able to build the consistency, like you said, of yeah. really doing what you need to do on a daily basis to get there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think. A lot of people think I think most people do overdo it. You know, they're yes. so focused on like I wanna do it tomorrow. <sighs> like they're not looking at the long the long game. So you know, you're right, like a lot of people do end up burning out because they're just doing too much. It's like whenever mm-hmm. you try and whenever you try and make a change, you don't make a big change, you make a little change. Make sure that works for a while, get consistent with that. Then you go, Okay, that's working, I'm pretty happy, maybe I'll add a little bit more right so like if you're not trained at all and you're like just starting out at the gym you don't go I'm going to go five times a week like your body doesn't need that stimulus no. because it's gone from no. nothing so you just go okay I'm going to make the effort to make sure I go maybe once or twice a week and I'm going to get mm-hmm. consistent with that I'm going to do it week in week out and when I've got that going for a while I'm going to add a third day like mm-hmm. you apply that to literally any any habit you want to include or change like less is more always
0: yeah no you're right and and a lot of the the clients i have are in that phase of just trying to develop better habits right and and i'm constantly they're like i want to do more More i want to do more yeah
1: less is more i always say less is more (laughs) Mm -hmm. it sounds always counterintuitive but it's really it's really not one change at a time and you're building like you're building a foundation you're not just going to throw the brakes on a pile. You're going to put them on a lot right. of time. Yeah.
0: And it, and it's also about quality, right? Like yeah. you could do more with, you know, crappy technique, but you're not ingraining a, a good <laughs> technical squat. If you're just like, I'm doing it every day. It's just wild yeah. with it,
1: you know? <laughs> and, and,
0: well, that's like, almost it,
1: actually it, detrimental, right? If you end up doing lots yeah. of reps that are not good technique, they're almost like negative, negative ones to your technique perfectness. It's not
0: even a mm-hmm. word. <laughs> no, no, well, I like now it is. Make it a t-shirt. You'll be all right. In a <laughs> um, one of the things that I noticed, I've been going to, uh, this year, I've gone to a ton of meets for clients and myself and, and friends. And it's it, a couple things that I wanted to bring up in terms of, you know, success and, and even the mindset of like having a bad day, how you kind of cope with it. Because I've seen good meets. I've seen bad meets. I've seen people that thought they were having a good meet and then everything went shitty towards the end. Like you see everything, right? Like you're in the environment a lot. You see a lot of different things. One of the biggest things that I notice and is consistent is that the best lifters in the room are pretty, you know, calm, quiet. They're not overly hyped up. They're really focusing on the process that they need to kind of focus in on rather than the outcome, right? They're like, yeah. and you're a lifter that's kind of like that too. I'm not really seeing you ever getting super hyped up, crazy no. slamming shit around. You're you're the best lifters that I see really are uh, uh, jumping in front of the bar. They're not jumping, but they're they're walking up to the bar and they are just so focused on the steps that got them there, right? Yeah. And I feel as if that's the best like way blitz, when things go bad. Chase thinking about yeah. up to the right now <laughs> right exactly exactly so but also when things go south i see that too often is in they, there's like this panic when something doesn't go right it's like oh crap i have to change everything as opposed to realizing that okay something went wrong you need to focus on the step-by-step process to understand first off what went wrong and secondly like how to better correct it is like i've seen people that were In in multiply more so than raw, it's the whole idea of, okay, didn't hit the first squat, didn't hit the second squat. Okay, you got to hit your third one out. Like like the gear can be different. There's so many different variables. But it's the people that come out of there with the same sort of mentality, just like quiet. It's it's not even quiet confidence. It's just quiet assurance in their process that they can do the thing if they just follow those steps. And you mentioned that quite a bit. And you're just like that, right? Like you are so methodical. Is like every rep I've seen you do, it's the same setup, it's the same cues, it's, and, it's, and it's like art. For me as a coach, I'm looking at I'm like, oh, I just want everybody to do that. Why can't everybody <laughs> just follow the steps that got them to that point? Why are they trying to change everything the day of, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few factors that go into that. Like when you're, okay, so like the biggest thing is going to be technique on the lifts right so like i don't just like start paying attention to how i'm doing it and what i'm doing when it gets heavy i'm literally doing that from the bar with no weight on right so like every single repetition that i ever do is done with intent of how i would treat my top weight Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so like whatever i'm aiming for at my next meet i will visualize this is that weight on every single rep that I do as the weight works up. And by the time I get to the top weight, I don't need to think about it anymore. Uh Like I just go out and do so like by meat day, like I'm going to do movements that I've done so many times over in my head over and over and over again like when i go out onto that platform i can channel all my energy into just doing it rather than being like where are my feet going what are my hands doing like i don't need to do that because i've practiced it so much so i think that's one big thing like a takeaway that people could you know they could implement treating every repetition i'm not saying that they need to be maxing out with the bar right treating it like Ah, right, right. But yeah. like you're, you're in you're, you're treating that like lightweight with intent of how you would treat heavyweight. Yep. So I I see it a lot, especially with like newer lifters. They don't think that they need to start really paying attention to what they're doing until the weight's heavier and they've now put their belt on. Yes. Right. But like, you exactly. just wasted you've just wasted loads of practice with those lighter mm-hmm. reps. So you, I mean, you are you are practicing. Practice makes perfect. So you're doing the same thing over and over and over again until it's perfected. By meet day, you're going out there and it's not something that should make you scared anymore. Right. Right? I think for me, like, especially because the last few years I've traveled to compete, like I always say, I always see people, I think this is different as well with raw versus gear lifting. And people say that you should not be hitting your heaviest weight before the meet, that if you peak correctly, you're hitting weights you've never hit before on the platform. Now, for me personally, I generally hit what I'm going to hit in the gym, and then I know I'm going to do it on platform. I know some people are probably going to disagree with that, but when I go on that platform, I know that I can do that. And even if it might be slightly a bit more than what I've done before, it's not going to be much, but like, I know I've trained and prepared myself to do that
0: um yeah okay so that's, like, that's point huge. one it's
1: like technique like you've practiced it over and over again not even just how you're doing it but the mindset behind how you would treat a heavy weight mm-hmm. yeah so, so yeah part two, part two of that i think um you're there to build a total this is something that like i really got maybe like more recently maybe like the last two or three years is that yep. like i have specific goals for each lift but I'm not so attached to them because I'm there to build a total, right? Mm-hmm. That, if you're in a full meet, like your goal is about getting the biggest total you can. So you can't be like too attached to like, okay, I've got to jump up to this on my third because that's what I want to hit. Like, how do you feel on the day? You might not be having your absolute best day. Like it happens to everybody. Yep. You know, I've had, I've had plenty of meets where I've hit a little bit more in the gym and then on the day I've gone, okay, well, I'm here to build a total. I know I could get another five kilos. I'm not so sure about another seven and a half. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. with the five. So I think that's another part of it is like not getting so attached to numbers and remembering that you're there to build your total. I mean, okay. obviously, this comes different if you're aiming to hit some sort of record, but. Yeah, again, absolutely. Like, it's, you've got to be aiming for something that's realistic. I mean, even then, you can look at, like, attempt selection. I always have a rough plan in mind, but, like, that will sometimes change on the day because it depends on how you feel. Like, mm-hmm. you are not in your gym anymore. You're on different... equipment. No. You're in a different environment. You've also had to share a warm-up rack with, like, a bunch of people who who want to go up and down in weight. This always happens with the women, but not with the men, I've noticed. Like, people, you get up to, like, you know, you're at over 300 pounds and someone wants the bar, and you're like... Oh, yeah, I, I saw that
0: this weekend. I was like, oh, what are we doing?
1: Right, so, like, it's up and down, so it takes so much longer, so you're already in a completely different environment. So you have to just... I mean, I always kind of know how long it roughly takes me to warm up, back yep. home like as as the years have gone on and the more weight i've lifted like i even as i get closer to meet time my rest between my top reps based on how it's going to look on meet day so like i will wait 10 to 15 minutes between attempts in the gym this is in training yep. before meet day because then it's gonna match like what i'm doing on meet day like i i don't see a lot of other people doing that like if you're only resting for three minutes even five minutes on meet day, you're not going to get five minutes. going to be more like 10 to 15. Do you mm-hmm. know I mean? These are all simple things. But, like, if you're there to, like, do the best you can, you've got to try and match as many of those things into your training as you're peaking. Not all year round, because it's not necessary, but, like, actually implementing those into your training so that when the day comes, all the, all the factors that you have zero control of, the room, the people, the noise, you know, mm-hmm. all that different stuff, that that's the only different thing. And everything yeah. else, you can kind of go, well, actually, like, I've prepared the best I can. Like, do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's, that's something, and, and I, I've mentioned this a couple times in shows in the past, but I, I'm still in the process of, I just need to finish this damn article. Still in the process of writing an article called, like, The Meat Day 10%, yeah. right? It, it, a lot of people don't realize, like, you go to a meet, and I tell people, it's like, okay, you need to be pretty comfortable with doing 10% less than what you think you can do, right? Yeah. It, it may not be all coming from one lift. It, it, like I, I had a client, uh, Alabama Matt. He's, he's competed yeah. in his first powerlifting meet and it was right on the nose. It was about 10%. It was like 3% off his squat, 5% off a band. Like things happen. Calls yeah. don't go your way, jitters. Like there's just things. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn, there it is again. Like, it, like you had said, it happened to me. At a meet last summer, it was like, I, I didn't take the time to look up where the bench was. And I didn't notice that there was a damn light right above. And I was like, this is so <laughs> distracting. And it was like yeah. being at the damn dentist. Like you're just staring at a light. But there are things that happen that are out of your control that, and you had mentioned traveling, right? Like you're like jumping yeah. on a plane, traveling a long way to go compete. I know people that won't get in a car for longer than an hour to go compete. Right. <laughs> so that makes such a huge Sorry, difference to I'm
1: just, it makes me laugh because you've got to put yourself in your comfort zone if you want to be better.
0: Absolutely. And, and you only experience new levels of discomfort and hardship in these new places. It's yeah. like with, with me, I know there's a few people I know that like just won't travel. It's like, they just love big fish, little pond. And it's like, cool like you're 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 getting a bigger total every time
1: yeah like better though and like you're never gonna grow as a person if you're not challenged
0: absolutely and that makes such a big big difference and you can tell the lifters that have been challenged you know and we haven't even started talking about injuries yet like this is just like meat day jitters and things that go on like when the shit really hits the fan with an injury like that's how you know you know it's a
1: Yeah, I think even just from, like, meet day nerves, like, that never goes away. Like, I think Mm. people seem to think that, like, when you've been doing it for a long time, you don't get nervous anymore. Like, I probably get more nervous now, but I know how to channel it. Yeah. I remind myself why I'm there. I remind Mm -hmm. myself all the work I've done to prepare myself. I'm in the best place possible that I could put myself in to do well. And I'm here to kind of put that, you know, to the tests, and it's you know just try and make sure you're enjoying it. But like nerves are normal, and they never go away. But like right. n- now, I just know how to like channel them into my lifting.
0: Yeah, and, not and that's huge. Like,
1: oh, in between, and like I mean, even at the Ghost Clash last year, like that's probably one of the best meets I've ever had, right? Like
0: mm. an overall
1: one. But like I didn't actually have like the best lifting day. Like I forgot, you know, a command on bench because I hadn't. This is a mistake I'd made in my training it was different to any other federation I've competed in that you have a start command. I didn't practice that in my training because I was silly, made the mistake of like not reading over the rules until much closer to the time. So I hadn't practiced it enough when I got on platform and I was like empty mind, I just started. So I failed my first one, even though the lift was fine, I'd ignored the start command. So like, yeah, even in those great meets like no one's gonna remember that they're just gonna remember that i won and that i got an all-time world record but
0: mm-hmm. like
1: i messed up like two of my benches that day for silly things like my bum came off on one yeah like it, it's stuff that hadn't happened to me before but like i just was like i didn't let it like freak me out i wasn't like oh, that's it my day is ruined i was just like it's done like i'm gonna go back out and do what i can and then i need to move on and focus on deadlift because i'm not finished yet and like right, I've still got another lift, so keep my absolutely head
0: in the game. yeah, that mentality is huge and you can see again, it kind of boils down to those that have been challenged and those have not been challenged or have had to face yeah. adversity like real adversity is a son of a bitch like it, it, yeah. it like it eats away at you it makes you question everything that you do. And, uh, and the higher up you go in terms of, you know, your lifting career, but it really anything, the the more accomplished that you get, the harder and more pressure you feel when something goes bad.
1: Yeah. I think like for me, probably the most difficult thing I've ever experienced was like prepping for the American pro Mm. last Mm. year. It was like, that was actually, I just came out to elite for the first time just before I went to do that meet. But like, I almost didn't do that meet because I'd gotten really sick, like, uh-huh. three months before it. I was, like, super ill. We went to Florida. I was, like, super ill while I was there. I ended up in hospital. And by the time I got back home, I basically found out that, like, it was because I was pregnant, didn't know, uh-huh. then had a miscarriage. So I was, like, going through this whole period of time where I didn't train competing mm-hmm. wasn't even on my mind and when i came out of it all i was like you know i was in a pretty dark place i'm sure anyone that's ever experienced it would would know but it's, it's not something so easy to go through so i'm like what two months out from the american pro i mean it's one thing i look back on and think maybe i shouldn't have done it but i can't change going and competing i decided to do it because i wanted something positive to focus on at the time but mm. like my body just did not play ball with me. So like, I can't even think of like one good training session I had before that me, like I was like forcing myself into the gym. You know, I love training, but like I was doing what would normally work and it wasn't working. And yeah, so I was like changing my approach and I'm, I'm like six weeks out and I'm changing my approach and having Mm -hmm. to like change the frequency of my training and, um, And I think the thing that made that hard was like, I'd already had the success of the Ghost Clash last year. And so people, people talk, people like big meets because everybody's there to compete and people like to talk about how everyone's doing beforehand, who's predicted to win. And so Mm -hmm. like, admittedly, I wasn't posting a lot of my training because I almost felt this like pressure of having to like show I suppose like now I'm looking back on it in hindsight and I've learned a lot from it, but like, I definitely let like outside opinions get to me. Like there was a couple of podcasts before it that were like talking about predictors to win and they were really not nice about my training. Like they really, and they were like, Oh, she said she's sick, but like what's even wrong with her and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, these are people that like commentate on the sport and then come to the meets and commentate on it. And you know, they, like, that was hot I shouldn't have listened. Usually, so I made a few mistakes going into this meet. I wasn't focused on myself like I normally am. Mm-hmm. And I usually kind of stay away from social media, especially, like, the last couple of weeks leading into it, because this is when people start to talk and people like to... <laughs> so I think it's good to kind of keep your head in the game. So whatever that is for you that's going to make that work. Like, for me personally, staying away from social media is... Is part of that and just like not paying attention to what anyone else thinks because it's not going to affect my performance on the day anyway like i'm only going to be able to do what i've worked to do right so it's only going to have a detrimental effect um and like by the time meat day came i'd still like i was like passing out under heavy weights because my blood pressure was all over the place you know that's like one of the things that's affected from when you're pregnant and you know, like, I don't know if, I think you might have been there for one of my sessions in the gym where I, like, was mm. passing out under, like, heavy weight. This is, like, a week yeah. before. And, it, mm-hmm. like, I was physically capable but, like, my body just wasn't playing ball. So, like, I went into that meet, like, not like, 100%, but, like, I knew I'd done everything I could at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and a, a lot of people will be, like, why did you still do it? Well, at that point, I was, like, I don't want to miss out on such a big opportunity. Like, it was the new me. It's quite a big one. They put so much effort into organizing it. You know, I generally like to follow through when I say I'm going to do something. Um, and I knew that even though I wasn't going to have, like, as good of a day, had I not been ill. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have been, but i still done what I can. Like, I knew I would still learn something from that process of, like, still doing it. Like, it's still good to get me experience,
0: absolutely
1: you know so i i decided to do it i stuck with it i in my head i was like i'm not gonna give myself like i'm not doing it with the like oh i did this but well i wasn't prepared like i wasn't going in with an excuse right like i was there to do the best i could on the day regardless um yeah so like on the actual day i remember like When I looked back at the commentating, like, my my squats, because I was still, like, passing out a little bit, I was like, I know I've just got to do this really quick, because the longer the weight is on my back, the, like, more likely it is that I'm going to, like, lose consciousness. So, like, I remember I did my second attempt, and I got to the top, and I was like, whoa. Like, I started to. So, I'd finished the squat, but because I, (coughs) they'd not not said rack, and I, like, wobbled a bit at the top, I didn't get it. Mm so I was like oh man like um so I was like really annoyed but I was like okay like I can do this better so like really in that scenario all I could do is like if I do it quicker I know that it's going to be okay so I went back out did the same way did it quicker got the lift but um I remember listening back to the commentating and they were like you know because I went back to like screen record my lifts so I had to yeah oh absolutely and you know to like put in my record of like um, and they were like, oh, that's a bit of an odd technical error to have, like wobbling at the top instability. And I was like, <laughs> this is like a, this, like this talk, like at the time really got to me, I think, because I wasn't in my best place. But I sure. learned from it and that like, actually, you have to shut out the outside noise because people aren't always going to have just positive things to say about you. Like when you you start to get more attention, people look for.
0: Oh, ways yes.
1: to go oh that's wrong or you're not doing that right or like you just have to really focus on yourself and like mm-hmm. what you're doing is working for you it's not going to be like the same for everybody else you know everybody has slightly different approaches that work for them so yeah like I think I don't even know why I told that story I guess because no you like, know like, I, I, I even even from like the outside perspective of like I still went and like I came forth overall. Like, you know, I was happy because I'd still hit some good lifts. You know, obviously, like, we always, I always go to, to podium. But for that meet, I just wanted to go and, like, get some experience. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's okay to not always be at the absolute top of your game. Like, mm. I think it's, like, kind of what you were touching on before. Like, you can still gain experience from every meet that you do. I'm not saying go and do 10 meets a year.
0: no 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 no. i think
1: two to two to three is enough because you still Mm. need some off season to actually gain strength and size yeah Um, yeah like even if you don't do your best day you still gained and learned something from it
0: yeah i agree
1: literally just experience in your belt of like being at a meet being in that environment you know just putting yourself out of your comfort zone
0: it's hard. Right. And, and I, again, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Like, and it's, and it's something that, it, and now I get to, you're never going to say this, but I'll say it for you. You don't realize by you sharing the story and people gaining that experience and insight into what it's like to go through a hardship like that. Like you're providing people with really good, like just you're, you're giving them an example to shoot for of like showing up, like just still showing up when shit goes bad. Like you yeah. you you knew you're like, all right, I'm not at my best. But no athlete in the world really competes at their best all the time. If they say they do, no. they are lying. They are no. absolutely lying. Everybody hurts, everybody's going through things, but like for you to have that experience and still realize like I set a commitment to myself and this meet, I'm still gonna show up. is unbelievable. You're giving such an amazing example for other female lifters in the space, and it's so important that that you're a role model, Naomi. Like, I don't give a shit what you say. Like, you are truly a role model in the sport, and like, it, it's so empowering to see somebody go through something like that and to realize, like, hey, listen, I. I'm still a competitor. You're still a warrior in this. Yeah, you know, like you're still throwing your hat in the ring even though you're not feeling your best. I remember you told me in person when you were down there and I was like, "How the fuck is she <laughs> still doing this?" This is insane and I love it because you truly were like, "This is what happens. Like this is this is life. This is how we handle this." And like from that point forward, holy shit, my respect for you was just like, I already had high respect for you, but now it's like, pfft, like you this is amazing to see. And it's such a, a a phenomenal example of, of, of like a real competitor, right? Like you just work and work and work and work and work, and you don't let things negatively impact you, you know, that, like that would make so many other people crumble. And you're, you're doing such an amazing thing for the sport, for women in the sport and for the future of powerlifting. And I had to give you that. I know you weren't going to say any of that shit yourself. So I was going to say it for you.
1: even even if i could just help one person right like that's why we share our own experiences just so that you can let other people know that if they go through something difficult they're not alone and it's and it's like you said it's life like these things happen i mean on the same note like i went to that meet there's gonna be cases where sometimes it's better to decide not to go and i think like you know i've made those calls as well like i was meant to do the, the ghost clash earlier this year um but like I've had a bit of a back injury over the last like four years and I've kind Mm -hmm. of just always pushed through with it. You know, I've seen a lot of different experts along the way who have given me all sorts of different advice. And it's only more recently that I found out that it's actually a lot more serious than I thought it was. (laughs) So I've kind of had to take quite a big step back to deal with that now. Um, Luckily I've got good people in my corner. I've been working with Brian Carroll, but like to take a step back sometimes is the right thing to do. You know, Mm -hmm. so like I think it's just like knowing what's best for you and not being affected by like outside opinions. Like, I had a lot of people question me this year, like, why was I not showing up for the ghost clash? You know, I told Alex like a good couple of, I think like maybe two or three months before that I wasn't going to make it. Um, and he wanted to keep my space just in case I was in the position to do so, which was really kind. You know, like it's nice when. You know, you can tell when it's important when, like, meet directors. They're just really doing it for the for the lifters, and you can tell that. So, um, yeah, like, I think, like, actual physical injuries happen as well. Like, for me with mm-hmm. my back, like, something I've always, like, pushed through and just carried on. But, like, sometimes you do need to just take a little bit of a step back, and it's part of the process. So, like, for me at the moment, I'm in a bit of a phase where I've, like, actually took some time out of lifting just to, you know, yeah. I found out that I actually had, like, a fracture in my vertebra and my disc has like gone up into the bone. It's called um, Mm -hmm. Schmoll's node. Um, Funnily enough, it's actually like the same injury that Brian Carroll had himself like 10 years ago. So I've been working with him really closely because, you know, he's got first hand experience and he actually came back from it, from his injury, which was like in three discs, not just one. And he did like, I think he did another like 25 meets or something. I think I asked him a couple of weeks ago, but like he came back and was like his best ever after. So like, I know I'm in, you know, I've got good people around me. Um, So it's been a while since I've competed, but my plan is to compete later this year at the American pro. Um, You know, that's going to be for me like a year and a half between meets. That's quite a long time out, but like I needed that to kind of, you know, take a bit of a step back and allow like my bone to heal and,
0: Yes. And like,
1: that's like, you know, making the hard decision of like, stop trying to work around it and actually just fix it. So I actually had to take some time out of lifting completely. It was like a good chunk of time where I was only walking, which Mm -hmm. when like the gym and training is your outlet is hard. But this is this is like, for me, like, even in those moments, I was like, okay, like, what do I want? Why am I doing it? Like, I need to do this to get those, you know, to get to get to where I want to be long term. If I don't do this now, it's just going to end up being worse. So, you know, just like being OK with those decisions. And, you know, for me, it's not just about just going in the gym and training. Because otherwise, that's what I'd still be just doing, you know.
0: Right, um, right.
1: So, yeah, I think it's yeah, everybody's going to go through some sort of injury at some point. It's like making sure you seek advice, you get the right help you know what you're dealing with and you set a good plan and then just when you have days where you struggle because that's normal i think injuries are probably the worst thing you can go through because it's a bit unpredictable and you just have to go, yeah. go with the flow like it's very much an up and, is, and down yeah like there are like i'm saying like i'm working with Brian because he had a similar injury but we're not the same person so right the way i recover versus the way he recovered or like there's going to be differences so there's no like You know, when I started this process of trying to heal my bone, it's not like, oh, it's gonna be three months and then you're gonna be fine. It's like, okay, like just go with the flow. So, I think those things are the most difficult to deal with because it's
0: the unknown. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially with like a like a lower back, because Brian and myself both work through McGill uh, as practitioners, so it's we see a ton. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that people have a tendency of, you know, lifting in, in their low back, right. They think, okay, my low back hurts. It's, you know, it's, it's something that will just kind of go away on its own. Potentially that that can happen. But at the same time is, is if you're dealing with some structural damage like that, that you have and, and that you're, you're working on and that, that the people that I've worked with in the past, it's, it's, you can't, out train your physiological adaptation that your body needs to go through like to remodel bone like we're not talking about like a soft tissue thing like we were just talking about like and and you're in good hands with brian because i i I know some of the stuff that he probably has you doing and and i know how his mindset works when it comes to training and, and him having had the same sort of situation is 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 great like i'm super pumped that that you're able to kind of connect with him and and work with him but and it's it's cool to have someone that has that experience that knows that like a high level competitor is like that dog's gotta hunt right like there's gotta be like that that person has to have a new directive to focus on during this time as to not go crazy and lose themselves like brian is a, a crazy competitor even to this day like if, we, if we're doing anything together, we're competing. And it's like, I didn't even know I was competing, but you're always competing with Brian. Like you're always <laughs> competing with Brian. But it's, it's amazing because I know that the, the process that you're going through right now is every day you're getting better. And yeah. with a low back, there's ups, there's downs, there's days. You're like, oh, I absolutely. don't feel like I'm getting any better, but it's like, stick to the plan, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. It'll work. It'll work. Just keep moving, keep moving. And it's great that like, you're seeing that, like you're seeing and and noting the process and how that adaptation changes and how you're building better and better strength every single day. And it's so cool to see that person that like, even just if you were to have a conversation with yourself four to five months ago versus today, like how much you've gained in terms of experience knowledge and just your well-being is it's amazing to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've just filled my time with other stuff and, like, I've just been focusing on the longer term kind of goal. Yeah. I think, like, a good way, th- you know, even even like a, m- a month ago, I was, like, having a really bad day because I was, like, I'm in a lot of pain today. I'm so annoyed about it. Like, mm-hmm. I could see myself being grumpy in everything I was yeah. doing. And then I was, like, hold on a second. Like, the fact that, like, I'm annoyed that I'm in pain, there's some progress because... Before, I was always in pain. So, right? like, now right? it's, I'm going through periods where I'm not. So, like, you have to just try and find the positive in everything. And then, like, mm. even just, you know, like, tweaking the way you look at things. Like, I was going about my day in a terrible way that day. Like, you know, there was... I'm not just saying one day. There were a few days like that. But, like, I would have to remind myself, like, okay, you're annoyed because you're noticing the pain. But this is actually a good thing because before you were just always in it. So, now you're going through periods where you're not. So the fact that you're now noticing it, this is a good thing, right? Yes. So like you can literally change the way you look at, look at anything going through an injury. And I think like you said, it's always valuable to have other people that have even experienced it in a similar way. And I always like, for example, Jaden at, um, at elite FTS, he had a, you know, a double quad tear Unbelievable! Last yeah, last year. And he's like, his training is just <laughs> immense, like, <laughs> I mean, you can't even write it. It's insane. But, like, I had a friend a few months ago who also had the same, you know, he had a double tear, And I was like, oh, man, like, they didn't know each other, but I connected them. Because I was like, yep. I think it's important to have other people going through what you're going through. Because you can share, like, little tidbits. But even just having someone that understands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because your friends can like be there to support you but unless they've been through something similar they're not truly going to understand so this is actually where it's kind of powerful to share your own struggles every now and again and like be you know like it's okay to have bad days because other people are gonna maybe see that and go actually I'm struggling with that too and then you know I'm always happy for people to reach out to me because you know like like I said I'm sharing all of my bad stuff on this podcast <laughs> but like I've never wanted to like let people think that like if you're good at something that you're invincible and untouchable because it's really mm. actually far from the truth so I mean this is why we're having this chat right like it's brutal honesty about like what it actually takes to to push yourself to your absolute limit like it is gonna be mm-hmm. a, an up and a down and you're gonna have setbacks and don't get me wrong there are people that say they've you know, never had an injury, but that doesn't mean they've not been through some sort of hardships.
0: Sure. You know? Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it is important to, I think for people to be, have that humility to really share things that they're going through, right? Like it, it's, yeah. it's so hard if all you're posting online is like positive, 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 And it's like, that's not life. That's not life at all. Right? Like, yeah. Even at my last meet, like I mean, my most positive like, moment was a, no, you go.
1: I was going to say, it's basically like putting up a Photoshopped image.
0: Absolutely. hundred percent. Like my last meet, my favorite moment was when I screwed up the pick three times on my 700 pound squat. I was like, this is great. This is so good. But like, because <laughs> I saw it as like old me would have just been like picked it three times and then just fell. Like I would it wouldn't even yeah. come close to getting it. But I saw that as an improvement, right? I yeah. saw that as me being like, yes, I'm learning, I'm getting better. And most people will be like, well, why'd you pick it three times? Like, it's like, well, it, actually, I posted it, and I, like my first comment was like, do you have any video from the side? I want to check your depth. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is, I was like, this is perfect. Thank you, internet. Like, this is exactly wow. where we need to be.
1: I mean, but, the, the internet as a whole is like a whole. I feel like it's oh, a whole other conversation, just, right? Like
0: Just gremlins. <laughs> like,
1: when you feel like you're starting to get the hang of things yourself and you're in a good place, that could just be like a couple of mean comments that you're like, oh man, that one dug a little deep.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry, I, I think it okay. freezed okay. up Was on you there for close? a second. Oh no, no, yeah, we're you good. Were
1: like, you were like...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Screen cap that. Making-
1: I, yeah, I was just, just like, messing with you To what I was talking about. Like. <laughs>
0: That's I, to be fair, I was, but, uh, no, it, and, and I, it, it is funny. I mean, obviously we don't want to jump too much into a different direction or anything, but yeah. I do, I truly, I, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your stories. Right. And continuing to share the stories of what it's like to be a high level athlete. Right. Because. I think people just see, like, it's so funny. Like my first, obviously when we, we, we kind of scheduled this podcast and I like made the post or whatever, I'm like, all right, let me find the sickest picture in any I could. And it's like, it's the classic one arms up, like victorious. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, people have no idea. We're going to talk about like having bad days. Like you would never <laughs> guess based on that. I just like, I posted, I was like, that's ironic. Like that's, that's like what I wanted to find is like a victorious picture. And we're talking about hardship and, and, you know, setbacks and stuff. But I, again, I truly appreciate like just you being an open book about everything and sharing the story, sharing, you know, what you're going through. And, and I am so excited to see your training continue. And I'm so excited to be able to see it back and elites, and and just like just be a part of your process again, and be a part of your team. I mean, I talk to you, uh, talk to Sarah about you all the time. We always have conversations like, when are we going to see no, them again? I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, she and she, it, it, she should be on this damn podcast talking about hardship. <laughs> she did the pro am, the women's pro am, with know, like right. a jacked up wrist, like a broken wrist, and a, a potentially broken ankle. And she's still like squatted. She's still bent. She's still deadlifted. And she she was like, I'm just not going to not I, show up.
1: Yeah, I bet if you ask her at some point in a, in like, you know, say if you look back in a couple of years, she's probably going to like remember that meet as being one of her best, right? Like yes. what a cool meet to be part of. And like, she's going to be so proud of herself that she still showed up even knowing that you know, she was a bit more vulnerable because she wasn't at her best. And people might Absolutely. have something to say about that. Like, oh, she's having a bad day, but, like, she was there for herself, and, like, that's what's most important, and, yep. you know, even though she knew she was, you know, had a, a bit of a disadvantage, she still showed up and did, and she's actually had a really good day. Like, I was, I was, like, beforehand when she posted that she'd hurt herself, I, I messaged her being, like, oh my goodness, like, what happened? And I was, like, oh, man. Um, yeah. And I was so impressed to see that she stuck with it and, like, went through with the meat, and I like, she did amazing so
0: i i was blown away i'm super proud of everything that she does and i'm her biggest fan on the planet and it's and to see like the day after it happened like she was in bed trying to go to school the next day and she couldn't even get out of bed like she couldn't move oh. like i had to help her out and i was like you're not going to school like you're not <laughs> doing anything today Like but yeah. Like, and in, in like, it's, it's just that level of commitment to the process and really like realizing like this is not going to be my best meet on paper, but it's going to be the best opportunity for me to grow yeah. as a lifter, as an athlete and to like, it's the women's pro-am. It's one of the best meets oh, on the planet for such women.
1: Good to be part of.
0: And like the judges, it was just like, Dave Hoff was the head judge. Laura Phelps, it was her meet. Like, you're just surrounded by just greatness from powerlifting. And, and like, even when she was doing her token bench, like, the the spotter still spotted it. Like, it was a 900-pound yeah. bench. Hoff gave command. Like, he grabbed the bar. He brought it back in for her. Like, it was just, like, everybody there, it was such a, a an amazing experience. You would have never guessed that, like, anything was any different than any other lift.
1: Yeah. I think that's why – I mean, that's really truly why powerlifting so great. Like, you've got such a mix of people on the platform, but you've all been through some similar experience to get there. Like, you've worked hard for it, so it doesn't actually really matter what's on the bar. Like, you're going to support everybody mm. the same way. Um,
0: Absolutely. It's, like,
1: one of the reasons why I love powerlifting, because there's no, like, I mean, it creeps in sometimes, and but I, I don't like putting people on a pedestal
0: mm-hmm.
1: because nobody's more special than anyone else like we're all the same right and people just are at different parts of their journey but we're all the same we've all worked hard to get there so we should all be treated the same which is exactly what happens in powerlifting and at meets like it's everybody gets the same amount of time everybody gets the same spotters loaders judging like it's you know and everybody gets the same cheering everybody gets the same sport support from the crowd same support from all the other lifters like it's mm-hmm. just, you
0: know, it's incredible. So it's it's a great it's a great thing that that we have an opportunity to participate in. It's oh, um, yeah. it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um. So yeah, Naomi, I we are going to be on. You're going to be on another episode for sure. I can't thank you enough for yeah, taking the time out of your it was just day.
1: Good fun chatting.
0: Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. But. What, um, you have this, the, the final say, anything you want to touch on, anything you want to bring up the, the, the stage is yours.
1: Um, I guess we could kind of just put a summary on it and just, I guess for people to just make sure that they focus on what they can do, mm-hmm. like no matter what the situation, focus on what you can actually still do, not what you can't.
0: Yeah. Perfect. I guess that's a good thing to that. That's great. No, absolutely. And again, can't thank you enough for your time. Can't thank you enough for just being so open and honest and and generous with your experiences and what you got going on. And I can't wait to see you jumping back into a meet later this year. I I I think this is this is setting you up for some of your biggest numbers ever. I am so excited for you to see that and excited to see the growth and the development and what you you and uh you tom end up doing in terms of you know just everything i'm i'm huge fans of both you guys and uh yeah that's i'm just so pumped to have you on and and to have you as a friend It's my absolute pleasure so guys thank you very much for checking out this episode if you have any questions comments concerns please let me know i'll put all of naomi's contact information down below and her personal phone number for all you creeps just kidding not gonna (laughs) do that not gonna do that But uh, I I really appreciate your time as always. And guys, thank you very much for checking the episode out and we'll see you in the next one. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news,